What's up? You're listening to Tough City Radio. time in Tofino. We've gotten to that season where a village becomes a town, becomes a city, crammed into a UNESCO biosphere reserve, and we're going to bring back the flavor of the internationally recognized beauty of Tofino to this show today. And we're going to do that in a really interesting way, so thank you for coming along visit us on these experimental and fun, exciting, but also pondering frequencies. Every time you can hear right now, there's something new in the air, for example, some guitar strings in the background, and that's Josh Hannigan. He's come by the studio to sing us a few songs, tell a story or two about surfboard shaping and what it's meant for him and how it's made him want to give back to the ClickWeb Biosphere Trust, so we're going to probe that a little bit. We've got, later on in the program, an upstart electronic music producer from Poland. He's going to have an interview and we'll tell you a little bit about the Wick Road construction. It all starts now. We're going to kick it off with Demon Parade. Succumb to a feather. This is a frequency horizon.
Starting the frequency horizon off, right, with the Demon Parade, Succumb to a Feather, track I heard for the first time last week and instantly thought it would set the tone. Now, a lot of people talk about how surfing has shaped them. But for Josh Hannigan, surfboard shaping is what's changed him into the man he is today. Businessman, entrepreneur, the owner of Yuka Surf Design, does open mics in Eculet, but also takes the time to go out and figure out about how he can move forward, not just with business savvy, but also with his love of the West Coast. We have him in studio here today. How are you doing today? Fantastic. There we go. Hey, how are you doing, Drew? Fantastic yeah, as dude. well. Yeah, you make it sound like I'm actually like a legitimate businessman or something. It's really, it's really all quite fraudulent. <laughs> Tell me more. This is interesting. This <laughs> well, is actually, actually what the show is about. It's the expose. I shouldn't be saying anything, but it's it's a it's a front for um, for embezzling money through through a rather rather large West Coast motorcycle gang. Um, so they they like to launder their money through me and uh, you know through the guise of a surf shop, right? So that's like you know, no one has gotten wise to it yet. Everyone wonders why I always dress so snappy and you know you know why you know. Look at how hot my wife is, right? I mean, totally. Obviously, I'm doing really no, no. So no, and this, this is just true. it, right? Is that I think this is what's given you the business savvy that uh, you know that that's other. Who knows business better than organized crime? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, right? Really, yeah. you know all the ins and outs. You know, I was just thinking about that today. I was just reading that today. You know, all that. What the new thing that they've begun to do is they've begun to jam GPS devices as a way to control car navigations. And, and this is probably something that you should consider as another avenue on oh, top of oh, your... Oh, shit, son. We've been doing that since the 90s. No swearing before 10, oh, but, yeah. uh, you know... Is, is shit is <laughs> That's actually up for debate. We could, we, you know, a, a badass persona like you who's involved in the mafia and, and yeah. uh, various or organized crime rules. syndicates to, to get the job done as far as getting the surfboards to the people that need them. I That's mean, right. this is all good things to consider. So yeah. we're here in studio today. Uh, you know, all jokes aside, we've got Josh Hannigan. He's a great guy. I've seen him around town. Once, uh, you know, is uh, enough, you know, but never enough because, you know, you can always get more as far as the surf design business goes. Yeah. And I'm wondering... Um, you know, what is it, uh, how long have you been doing that for, that you could surf? Well, it's, uh, it's a pretty young business in, in the terms of, of, you know, the lifespan of a business. Uh, moved out here in 2012, and it was very shortly after that that I started shaping uh, boards. Uh, and uh, really the impetus of that was uh, being out here and ordering uh, you know, wanting a custom board and, and engaging uh, Stefan Aftanis, actually. He made me a custom board. Just being involved in that process was so uh, so interesting to me and and uh, just all the intricacies of, of good design and, you know, getting the right shape that was, you know, going to help me progress my surfing. So, you know, I thought uh, being so actively involved in, 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 um, in that particular board, I'm like, you know, I've got to try this for myself. And anyone who's ever shaped a board, you know, it's you can't just shape one. <laughs> you can't because you, you screw up the first one so bad, and the second one's a little less screwed up. And then you're like, you know what, if I did this a, a third time, and by the time you're on your 10th board or so, you're like, holy, yeah, no, I'm not starting to get there, you know. <laughs> 
Yeah. By the time you get to your twenty board, twentieth board, you're like, hey, it's actually it's starting to look like surfboards. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Well, w- let's let's put that claim to the test. Yeah. Because we actually have a friend of yours, Roman, from the previous show. He was kind enough to stick around. Uh, thank you, Roman, from Dina and Roman's time time out there. Thanks for coming on to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, thank you, and thank you for uh, letting me, like, giving me chance to stay here and uh, <laughs> talk about uh, Josh's boards because, uh, well, I have only one so far. Hopefully, my collection from him is gonna start growing. But uh, yeah, no, like I gotta say, I really love that board. It's so much fun on that board, and uh, we talked a lot, right, before before I bought it. And Josh showed me his little shop, like. We talked about, you know, like different stuff, you know, different designs and the shapes of the tails, you know, and 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 fans and everything, you know, just because he really wanted me to be happy with whatever I choose, even though I told him that I'm not 100% if I'm going to buy anything from him, that I'm just seeking for information. He was kind enough to, like, give them, you know, like a way, you know, to me. And, yeah, I tried the board he told me he tested it so many times so he knows it works very well and it could be good for my style of uh, surfing and potential progress so i did it i purchased the board from him you know and man like i had so much fun over the winter on that board it was (laughs) really good yeah so like what level would you say you're at um at that point when you because you obviously would have know you needed a new board that uh, so you yeah. probably got enough to yeah you? because I, I got the chance you know kind of like a try a little bit a uh, couple other boards from my friends you know so I borrowed it just kind of like you know in that session sometimes during the session we swapped boards you know for yeah. a couple waves you know and as I've seen so many guys doing that and that's the best way right how you figure out like what probably could be the direction to move on or to you know like a purchase and to try because right you know like once you start getting it a bit more definitely like uh, and i believe josh is going to agree with me 100 percent that like different tail different fin and you've got totally new board uh, what can improve you on that current level you are but also if you start moving even more forward the board kind of like grows with you yeah definitely no it's super good advice to anyone who's uh you know wanting to push their their uh uh, their style and, and progression to get on as many different boards as you can and try some funky ones out too like i mean it's just it's fun to get on something weird like a big, yeah big fat fish go out there and try try some twin skegs out and see how that goes in the face of a wave you know like and it just uh, it forces you to uh, overall just become a more rounded surfer and then of course you're gonna have you're gonna have your pet favorite kind of shapes you know but uh yeah, that's that's what's really key, and I love to to be really active in that process. Like, it's really fun in in this kind of a community, especially this kind of a surfing community. Is I get the you know the super fun privilege of surfing with everyone, right? Like, I get to get in the water, and by the time uh, you know I might be making a board for somebody custom, I've probably surfed with them half a dozen times, you know. And that was like it was with Roman, you know, surfing together. I see you know what level he's at, and what, you know what kind of waves he likes, and. So what, what were some of the bags of tricks you reached into and said, oh, geez, you know, this is perfect for, for Roman. Like, what, what angle were you trying to go for when you crafted his board? Well, with his board, it was actually, it was actually a stock, uh, one of my stock models. And it was one of my earlier stock models that's uh, a bit of a, a funky, uh, almost like a, like a mini gun kind of shape. So mm-hmm. it's like a little yeah, totally. diamond tail, right? 
And, uh, you know, we were talking about different tail designs in particular, and I really like the diamond tails, which are, are actually kind of like a 70s throwback a little bit. Like, the diamond tails were really popular on, on retro boards, right? So I really like working with them because they kind of have all the benefits of, of, like, a of a rounded pin and a squash tail. So you have, like, tons of hold, but you still have a lot of release off the off those hard corners, right? So it's it's a lot of fun. So when we were talking about different tail designs and we were talking about that particular tail design, that was one that really appealed to yeah. uh, to Roman. And the other thing, too, um, the thruster, you know, three-fin boards have been so dominant in, in the modern surfing world. Um, and one of the things that I love to do is, is uh, make a lot of five-fin setups so you can have that option to surf quad. Yeah, and you remember well. I yeah. told you that, like, I've never surfed quad before. Yeah. yeah. And I tried it on your board. And, yeah, like, I know that uh, eventually what can happen at the, on the thruster, the board starts a little bit, like, stops kind of, like, holding the line so perfectly. Yeah. But combination... In that board with that diamond tail, which like holds the line perfectly and leads your board like super awesome and like great way, you know. But then you use the quad fin setup, which gives you like a lot of freedom and your turns and yeah. stuff. So yeah, exactly. it was great combination. And I've tried to uh, to to ride it as a as a thruster that was just too. At least for my style, it was just too stuck in the line, and like right. it, it holded the line perfectly. But it was so hard for me to make a turn on it. But when I put it on, uh, you know, like in the thruster, kind of like a those four fins, man, it just feels like yeah. a totally new board. It's kind of neat because I feel like a lot of people uh, that I've talked to haven't really surfed on a on a quad often, or maybe once or twice. But uh, you know, it's nice to have that option, and and different designs, of course, lend themselves to different fin fin setups, right? But uh, um, yeah, so, you know, definitely uh, right out of the gate, I started playing with a lot of different uh, fin setups, different rail profiles. I was, I've been really, really experimental right out of the get-go. I've made boards with you know, polyester, vinyl ester, and now I'm sticking with epoxy finally. So I feel like for the first, you know, 20 boards, I don't think I got sort of in a lock in terms of my production <laughs> methods. So it's like every board I did was a massive learning curve because I just kept throwing in different stuff making my own stringers and you know so could yeah. you say roman would you say that makes the board more playful or what's the character of the of the board compared to others that you've you've written like i said uh well first of all it was a different uh, fin system i always uh have written fcs these uh this one was uh, made for future fins so that was for me a brand new thing as well that i've learned about uh uh, about the future fans and what their pros are, you know, like yeah. or like why he believes that they are better because that's what you do, do believe. So yeah, why not to say that, right? Yeah. No, exactly. You know, I, I've I've done a few uh, FCS setups, but I'll push people. Um, you know, I, I understand if you had. You know, say you have four or five different FCS system, uh, fin setups, right? Of course, you're going to want to stick with that because you don't want to go and buy a whole bunch of, especially if you like your fins. But yeah. if I can and somebody's like, well, I don't really have a lot of fins or, you know, I wanted to buy new fin setups anyway, then it's like I'll push you towards futures just because uh, it's it's so much more integral of a connection to the board. It's like it's next to a glass-on fin. It's, it's actually better than a glass-on fin. Like it's every bit as, as uh, connected to the board and... Uh, and it's also you have the option when you're traveling to pull them out, right? I mean, it's like the best of both worlds. It's the other thing too that's really cool about futures fins is that, um, and now the new FCS systems are kind of going that way. But the cant in the fin is actually built into the fin, 
So uh, anyone who knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> with FCS, it's like you set the plugs at whatever degree of angle, and that's where your fin's going to be because the tabs are straight off the fin. With FCS, or with Futures rather, if you want more cant, look, which is the angle the fin bends out towards the rail, you can buy a fin with more cant, plug it into the Futures box, and there you go. It changes the characteristic of the board again. So that's one of the little things that maybe a lot of people don't realize. So that's, those are the kind of details that I'll obsess about when you're talking about a custom board. Yeah, thanks for kind of going into that because I think it's really interesting when you look at how you shape surfboards, maybe more like an artist does a painting or a sculptor kind of does sculpture. But we're going to come back in a minute. We'll do a little bit more, you know, maybe chatting, but also Definitely. you have some, some music that you can play for us too. So I'm pretty stoked on that. So yeah, thanks for sticking around, Roman. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, thanks Have for fun, all the kind words, man. I, was, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't expecting a testimonial. No, every after. single time, you know, it's that's a good thing. Every single time I see uh, that Josh uh, kind of like posted a new board picture, you know, on his Instagram, pretty much immediately the next day I see him on that board that he's testing it out. So I see him a lot, you know, yeah. around here. So we've served a lot around here. So, uh, yeah, no, thanks for your good uh, job, you know, doing on that. And, uh, yeah, have fun, guys, on your, on your show, Drew. Yeah. yeah, cheers. See you next week, next man. Time. Yeah, definitely. Or maybe out in the water. Peace. <laughs> All right, so let's throw on uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers' Dark Necessities because it's a pretty sick track. Peace.
Peppers, Dark Necessities, Pondering, a little bit about design on that one, and that's what we're doing today here in Tough City Radio Studios. We've got Yuka Surf Design from Eculet BC, company founder Josh Hannigan here in studio. Welcome back. Oh, so uh, yeah, Getting these mics figured out, getting the sound figured out. That was, you know, sweet that uh, Roman could stick around, hey? Yeah, that was a super fun uh, conversation. He's such a good guy. guy, you know? Yeah, a really nice guy. He's like, I guarantee, like, I could never picture him dropping in on a wave on you. Like, he's <laughs> no. like the last person that would do that, hey? Yeah, no, super good guy. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to kind of get into sort of a conversation, if you don't mind, about like a little bit about the business side of things. Yeah, for sure. That's super <laughs> interesting to me. Yeah. Like, First of all, how many people would love to say like they'd love to be a surfboard shaper or you know this idea of of doing it, but then to actually turn it into a business right. is a complete other story. And so I'm kind of curious from actually that first interaction that you had with Aftanis mm. to going on to move into developing your own company. Like, what did it take to say, "Geez, you know what? We're going to take it to the next level." Well, I think uh, what really, well, of course, what really did it to me was you know. Like I said, like once once you kind of uh, you get to a certain level in your surfing, you, you do want to try uh, pushing the envelope, and and you know I truly believe that you need the right tools to do the to do the best job you can in anything you do, right? Like if you're gonna play guitar, you need it. You need the best guitar you can get. <laughs> you know, it's the same with surfing. So as I was becoming a lot more of a you know um, uh, discriminating surfer, of course I was getting a little bit more into why my equipment was working for me or wasn't. And of course, the, the being a do-it-yourselfer kind of guy my whole life is like, well, I, I really want to try figuring this out for myself, right? So the first, you know, first model I ever made was was pretty bad because <laughs> that's, you know, you try to do too much, right? So I had this crazy double concave to a single to like a double. It was crazy, right? It's like you try and do too much, and it's like carbon. But like I said, that was the fun part of 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 my uh, of what led to what Yuka is today. It's just playing with all these different composites. So right away, I really wanted to figure out, uh, I kind of wanted to do things differently right away, right? Like, 
the surfboard industry has been dominated by polyurethane blanks and polyester resin for you know the last 60 years, right? So I was like, you know what? I really want to play with. Uh, I want to try different uh, composites. I want to try different resins. So I started playing with vinyl ester resins, which was a totally different. Like you, you know, it's like vinyl siding on your house. It's a totally wild feeling. Like the the flex of the board's totally different. Uh, you know, it's all, all of a sudden like a way way more elastic kind of material. It takes a beating way more. So I was playing with that and carbon graphite tapes and stuff like that. So I mean. I think that was really what drove it for me is like I really wanted to take you know what is it the what we recognize as a surfboard and start playing with innovation and right from day one I've been innovating right and that's why now um, you know I've I've really got into the epoxies because you know in in aerospace and in marine industries the the top quality materials built you know that are that are in luxury yachts or in aircraft or everything it's it's always epoxies. And composites, right? So different kinds of, of core technologies with epoxy. So that's what I've been playing with, playing with different stringers, playing with different kind of uh, foams, right? But uh, but always sticking with the epoxy now. You're in a very competitive industry. Like, yes. Meanwhile, you're approaching your business more as a craftsman, I'd say. Yeah. Recently, we learned that Rip Curl had been making some of its products in North Korea. That triggered a big PR apology. And, you know, there's an international industry that you're kind of up against as yeah. far as, you know, finding a market, finding buyers, that kind of thing. How do you make sure you're valuing your product correctly and not just joining a race to the bottom? No, that's a really, that's a really excellent point. Um, so really, like, I had to reconcile that with, with myself really early on and realize that, you know, if, if I was getting into this to try and really compete in terms of like a volume business model, or, uh, I wasn't going to make it. So I really have to keep it very honest in terms of why I do it, which is really, again, for the, for the passion of it. And, and to be, uh, you know, I, I really admire the old master craftsmen, right? Like the, the Doug Hots, right? And, and uh, you know, um, Gary Lindens and these kind of guys in the industry that that have really stayed true to to making really beautiful handcrafted boards and and building quality boards, right? So for me, I feel like I can't compete on volume. I have no interest in opening up a a, a mass production factory in in Asia because really that's where you gotta go. That's the tube that's you're gonna get sucked down to if you want to compete on on that level. So for me, it's more about being a really boutique business and connecting personally with my clients right figuring out exactly what they want why they want it and building boards that will last and yeah that that rip curl thing I, I recall that it was quite recently and and that's what I mean I'm hoping that you know there's a, it's kind of like the, the 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 farm to table kind of movement with food I, I kind of liken what what uh, I see happening in the surf industry with that it's like you know we're all conscious about where we buy things from, where the materials come from, where our food's coming from, and then we'll go and buy a surfboard out of the shop that was made in Thailand, right? And it's like, and the water, we connect with nature and water, but we're, but a lot of people aren't conscientious of that purchase, right? You know what I mean? So That's got to be tough for you when yeah. you kind of probably see yourself as, whether it's environmentally friendly or, you know, someone who's socially conscious and yeah. whatnot, uh, 
you know, where does that push you considering you are working with toxic, you know, chemical yeah. materials to a certain extent at least? Well, I rage against the notion that there's any such thing as an eco board. So, I mean, I know a lot of people love their firewires and I, I always, I always rage against the firewires. So sorry, all you firewire guys, like uh, they are great shapes and the, and the shapers that are de- developing those shapes are, are, uh, you know, they're worth their weight in salt for sure. But um, I don't agree with the term eco board or anyone who tries to market a surfboard as eco-friendly because when, at the end of the day, you have a surfboard that's made with polyurethane or or extru- expanded or extruded polyester foams. So foams are horrible. They're they're an oil product, and then you're using uh, resins which are oil-based in most cases, right? Um, and then in the case of mass production, so now you got the Polonia wood timber tech boards that are made. You cut down a tree, put that on a board, and then you put it in a plane and ship it to your major markets from Asia, which is the U.S. and Australia. So, I mean, by the time you get a board in a surf shop and say, wherever, Tofino, uh, that board has a massive carbon footprint attached to it, right? So, really, the most, the most eco-friendly board, if there were such a thing, is a board that's made close to you. And that's built with quality materials and built to last. So my philosophy as a shaper is to use the best materials. So most boards, the, the, the stock production model is e-glass and polyester with, uh, with polyester resin with polyurethane core, right? So I do like the polyurethane cores because they're very strong. It's, it's a very familiar feel under your feet for people who've been surfing for a long time. Um, but epoxies are a much more inert uh, material. So when you have a cured epoxy board, that material is inert. The production method, it's, it's virtually volatile organic chemical free, VOC free. So when you're making the stuff, you're not putting a lot of crap out into the atmosphere while you're, while you're building the boards. So I'm using S2 quality glass too instead of the E-glass. So the combination of that core material, the epoxy resins and S2 fiberglasses my boards are very very tough but they still have a lot of flex they still feel like a conventional surfboard would to you right so that's very important to me and of course being conscientious of where my materials are coming for some of my blanks i use u.s blanks they're made in california they go up to uh my distributor in washington and then from washington come to the island right so that's as close as i can get for blank production you know, uh, the next major black producers in Mexico, right? So at least coming from California, I know that California has very, very stringent air quality regs, right? So, you know, I'm conscious of that and I'm conscious of how far my materials are traveling. So blanks are coming from Washington via California and my resins are coming from from California as well. And and we're going to come back in just a second. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about another step you've even taken to look at the environmental impact and kind of do something about it. So let's just flip into a very, let's say, lighthearted song in the sense it's called Hello Clouds. It's Justin Martin featuring Femme.
Clouds off an album of the same name. So here we are back in Tough City Radio Studios on Main Street, overlooking a smoky, deep violet, purple, blue. Predominantly deep, deep blue sky as it fades into twilight and later into blackness. We're today, Tuesday, May 17th. We've got Josh Hannigan from Yuki. Thanks for, thanks for making the drive, by the way, man. Like, yeah, no problem. My pleasure. I, I like to drive. I did the drive twice in the last two or three times in the last two days. I didn't mind it, but, you know, sometimes it can be a hassle, hey? Yeah, well, I just uh, just went back and forth to uh, the city for the last two weekends as well, so I'm, I'm all driven out, but, you know, you know it's fun. I Once like you do that piece. drive, it doesn't seem too bad to drive between Newquay and Tofino, hey? Not at all. Not at all. It's like a blink of the eye. <laughs> yeah, so I wanted to kind of get back to the original reason that you messaged me about coming on this program, because... Actually, some of my Frequency Horizon listeners will remember, I talked a little bit about the Clayquot Biosphere Trust two weeks ago, and I just wanted to know how you originally became aware of the Clayquot Biosphere Trust and what that's all about. Well, yeah, you know, like, is, is it something, is it an organization like you'd heard of around, or really you just found it through your own research? Well, I did definitely find it through my own research, but I mean, there's such a well-respected and well-established organization. Like, I mean, like it's at least 15 years now that that they've been uh, that they've been doing what they do. And um, so when I when I really started seriously researching um, which organization I wanted to to team up with with this with this idea of of, uh, of establishing um, like a, a proceeds of sales type type thing. Um, I was in, I was investigating a number of different uh, environmental groups, right? And um, ultimately, again, like the, you know, people who live out here, we naturally have such a connection to the to this amazing you know wilderness environment that it just made a lot of sense to me. Not only um, that that uh, obviously I live here and they've done so much for this for this region, but I mean also that uh, that they've been around for so long and have such amazing programs for for grants and 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 funds right um so you know when when we got sitting down and talking about all the different options and 
and what kind of investments they make and you know and how ethical uh, you know ethically based their investments are and what kind of returns they get and what kind of real impact they have when they're when they're issuing out grants for research um, it really got me excited and, and immediately it was something that that uh, I knew I wanted to do because you were sitting around wondering about you know your impact on the environment and the chain of events that we can all hand into and you're basically what was the general idea like what was the bright idea you came up with or was it something that was suggested by ClayCode Biosphere Trust once you kind of bounce an idea off them or how did that process go? Well, well I didn't reinvent any wheel here for sure um, but uh, a little bit about me a lot of people may not know that but uh, my background before I actually moved out here the, the last job I had when I was in the city was actually working for a charity organization um, that uh, had a, an amazing well, social mandate I'll uh, oh, shout it out. Uh, Embers, Vancouver. Embers, Vancouver, based in the Woodward's building downtown Eastside. And the work that uh, they, they continue to do and that I was a part of was um, uh, helping recovering uh, drug addicts and basically anyone marginalized, but mostly re uh, recovering drug addicts, people coming out of um, institutionalized living, so uh, uh, usually statutory release uh, um, convict, convicts, right? People who have have a real time getting back to work. So the, the social mandate was taking any of these people, uh, uh, new immigrants to the country, um, uh, anyone, and basically anyone who fits that, that, that category of being marginalized and having barriers to employment. And what we did was uh, function as a, as a, um, um, as a temp labor agency, essentially. To, to simplify it, that's way oversimplified, but we would uh, we had all sorts of employment preparation programs and supports in place to help people, um, you know, get ready for work. So if it if it was a matter of getting the right clothing, right, and like dress for success, so we worked with other charity organizations like Dress for Success and. And I guess what that does is it gives you the, the inside view into the third sector and to yeah. the way that you know nonprofits function. Exactly. And I guess that's probably would help grease the wheels as far as coming up with some new ideas and mm -hmm. at the end of the day what was it that you decided on well I, um at what what i'm doing with with the cbt clockwork boss for your trust is uh a, a proceeds of sale so i wanted to make it meaningful too like i really wanted to make it a big part of what i was doing so um uh for every surfboard sale twenty dollars from that sale uh goes to that that endowment fund and uh, for every shirt and hat or any merch that I do, um, it's two dollars from every sale, right? So it's a significant piece. It ultimately, um, it's somewhere about ten percent of of any of my. Uh, that's gross sales, right? That's not what I net. So I mean, it's considerably more when you're talking about net sales. But gross sales, it's at least ten percent of my sales, right? So I mean, there again, like I, I didn't set out to uh, start Yuka Surf Design to to become a millionaire <laughs> right so I mean I, I do it because I really enjoy it it's basically by the at the end of the day it's probably a break break even kind of endeavor after I pay my bills and whatever but more more importantly it gives me something to get excited about to get out of bed every day and and every sale now is doing something really meaningful right so it's really exciting in that sense that I get to make surfboards I get to give back to this amazing place and the people that call this home and uh I mean, yeah, it feels really good, right? And of course, I'm inspired to, by companies like you look at, like Ten Tree, and you know these kind of uh, small entrepreneurs that that came out of nowhere with a really bright idea, and uh, you know have had great commercial success, right? And I I I don't anticipate that 
that Yucasurf is going to become like a massive, <laughs> you know, massive force in the global surf industry. But I mean, uh, all the same, a a any little bit that I can do o over the next several years to help, you know, build up a fund and, and, and form part of a grant to, to keep protecting this and, and managing this, uh, this really precious resource is, is really important to me. What was it about Tentry that you'd, you'd point to as being well, kind of cool. innovative? Tentry's neat. I, I don't know if a lot of people know their story, but they're basically like a, a dragon's den phenomenon too, right? So they had, they had this uh, business idea that uh, they, the founders of that company actually had a lot of connections with tree planting, right? So um, Tentry, what they do is that for every uh, product that they sell, basically they plant 10 trees, right? So, I mean, and, and it was a good business model when they went and presented this on the Dragon's Den. The Dragon's were like, oh, that's fantastic because, okay, you already have, you're already in connection with the tree planting industry, so that, that infrastructure's there, right? So they got investment right away, and you see kids, in, well, kids and adults, you see people around all the time wearing 10 tree plants. I call them kids. Yeah, call They're them kids. kids right? We can call them kids. Yeah, I'm so old now, I can call people kids. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> but, with uh, their... Yeah. So it's cool. Like you see, you see people around all the time, you know. And I mean, that, that's just a great example of a, of a Canadian-based small entrepreneur, right? Who who had this vision, and they're you know making meaningful impact through that. So that's really you know it's really cool. Okay, so two weeks ago on this very show, I played a clip of some of the actual work that the Claycott Biosphere Trust has been doing, and it was the first play. It's only everyone played like a some type of conference before on a like a PowerPoint presentation. So this is like actually I debuted it on my show, and it was in fact bird noises, ambient noises from this little inlet not too far from Tofino, where some of the money that's put into Click What Buys for Trust goes to help us understand more about our coast, about the animals, the possibly you know the plant life or whatever else. This mm -hmm. is a sound experiment that is now beginning to bear fruit. And you heard it two weeks ago, but I've brought it back again today in a new <laughs> format. And what I've done, I hope you like this, I made a song uh, with my synthesizer. It's, I, it's called Last Day at Yarmos, because, you know, it's my last day at Yarmos. I won't go into that right now. But um, I, I hope you enjoy it. Don't worry, it's not that long. But uh, just know that we're listening to some pretty amazing, uh, a, a pretty pretty amazing piece of the universe. So... Here is what, uh, you know, if you buy a surfboard from Josh, this is the type of work it's supporting.
So how do you feel about the fact that your surfboard uh, purchases are going to support important field research such as that? Uh, I, I feel even better about it now. That that just totally uh, re-inspired me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Frequency Horizon's got your back. Yeah. Bad, hey? <laughs> yeah, so what's one thing that um, you learned through your research about the ClickWap Biosphere Trust that really stuck with you, that you know, was made them stand out from other organizations? Well, what's really evident is just, uh, again, how how rooted they are in this community, right? Like, I mean... Rooted's a good word? Yeah, 15 years. So um, if you go on, like I encourage everyone, go online and look at some of the actual uh, work that they do. Do like, you know, I'm not going to test my memory right now, but I mean, when you dig into to the grant work that they do, uh, the different organizations that they support, so it's not just Cleoquat biosphere trust going out on their own like i mean they engage with a lot of other um uh you know charity organizations and and researchers and universities and you name it and and they're helping um financially support uh that kind of uh research work for the protection and management of of uh this amazing you know uh, region again um so i mean you know, look at look at how that's that's what mostly stuck with me is just the real impacts. Like when you can go on and see, you know, that this money's actually directly. And I mean, you know, that's that's really important to me. That was one of the things that that particularly stood out about the CBT for me is that, you know, I knew that if I were to just you know just write a check and send it to some charity, you know, you might not ever really see the results. But I mean, we get to through supporting the CBT. It's like I'm I feel like I'm an active participant in that process right so you know i i know you know it's a very well relatively specific uh uh area of of their overall organization that that my fund goes into so it's specifically the research uh you know grants for research for protection and management of of marine and and uh and aquatic environments or like you know uh the four i can't think of the term right now but like you know the, the forest kind of ecosystem, you know, rainforest ecosystems and how that impacts, you know, the the estuaries and everything else, right? So, I mean, it's really neat to be a part of something where you where you can see the impacts of that, where you, where you know uh, that the people that are benefiting from those grants are, you know, reputable um, organizations in themselves and, and it's making meaningful change, right? So... It's not just writing a check, and that was another thing that was really important to me was that that uh, you know making the uh, making it a proceeds of sale type of of uh, arrangement. So it's like you know no matter what I do, it's not just like oh this this month I don't feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna drink more, so I'm just not gonna donate. No, it's like it's part of my business now. I've gone out, I've said this, so every sale is a commitment. Every purchase, anyone who supports my company is supporting this endeavor and uh beyond that you know of course i'm going to have uh, a link right off of my website soon as soon as they're done setting up that page this is all really new so i mean i don't even have the link set up yet but uh, there will be a, a donations link right off of my website too so if people um you know really buy into to what we're trying to do and support the cbt then they can directly donate too right so i mean um well, we've had like the uh, Pacific Surfrider Foundation on here. Uh, a couple different members have come through here. Yeah, and like last week we had Devora on. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Previously, Sam Hindle's been in here, and yeah. uh, they've you know an organization like that. The whole concept behind it is 
that you know people that are focused on surf our beaches yeah. should also be the ones to help keep it clean and, yeah. and you know take care of what we have right because the the resources that we have i mean they're here but they won't be if we you know don't steward them correctly you know absolutely well and i encourage everyone who has any time at all to 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 volunteer with uh surf rider definitely do that like uh, i live in yuki so it's uh it's not super feasible for me to get down here all the time, but what what I'm doing and what my wife and I are doing uh, to support surf riders is donating our time in the development of their website. So my my wife's particularly gifted with the um, um, programming side of things, right? So so that's sort of one way that we could contribute again to to that local initiative. So we're helping them um, with their website and well, what's really interesting about how they're approaching it from what we kind of talked about on my show in the past is that they're really going through and trying to keep statistics mm-hmm. and keep statistics per beach and log it per the time of year. And that's been a big trend, right? Data journalism, data, you know, infographics and whatnot. But yeah. in this case, it's really not, it's more than just a gimmick. It's really significant because you can start to see like as a community, if we're getting better or worse, like if, yeah, how much trash is dumped on this beach, how much, you know, they have different campaigns that they do. And so, you know, it's it's obviously very different from the approach you're taking, but I think that in spirit, I, I mean, wouldn't you say it's it's sort of the same idea? Like yeah. people who care about the about surfing, oceans, the chaotic nature of this force that we, you know, yeah. have a blast with and then, you know, protecting it, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, you know, yeah, well, you, you said it, right? Like, uh, if we don't all actively get involved, like, it's one thing to go on Facebook and, you know, post something along and be like, you know, I'm helping. And, I mean, it's really valuable to help share knowledge and uh, and share just that general consciousness. But, I mean, what makes the world really turn is action, right? And that's what that I, that's one of the impetuses for me, right, is like, you know, what can I really actually do? You know, that's like not just lip service, right? Like I'm, I'm tired of, of feeling like, you know, like, we're, you know, stuck in a rut with, you know, you see all that we, we're all inundated with so much information and some of it's pretty, you know, some of it's pretty heavy stuff, what's going on in the world, right? So it's like, you know, I really got to thinking, well, what can I actually do? You know, you, you know, I'll give a shout out to, to somebody that we know here too, Marcus Pukonen. Marcus Pukonen, um, Roots of Change. There's a guy who's doing something pretty cool. He's, he's taking himself around the world over the next five or seven years or something crazy, completely human-powered mode of transportation, right? So, I mean, it's another creative way to kind of, to highlight, you know, if you think of it, it's funny that you have somebody, a guy doing something like that to be like, hey, you know, like there's 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 alternatives for transportation beyond what we've all become, you know, adapted to. Um, but it's funny when you think of how the how the new world, how the free world was founded. You know, like people sailed across the oceans from, you know, from all other continents to to here, and you know. Uh, I saw a video actually on Facebook really recently. Uh, all like a, the first video from Vancouver. It's all these, you know, it's like an electric trolley, and all the horse and buggies in Vancouver. And that's going. It's it's trending, kids on Facebook. Check it out. But I mean, it's cool when you think of it. It's like you know, uh, we've become so technologically advanced, but we can't see the forest for the trees. You know. Speaking of technologically advanced, <laughs> Daft Punk. We're gonna play some uh, Voyager, and we'll be back in a second here. 
And you're going to grab your guitar because you got some acoustic strains to bring the Frequency Horizon listeners. But until then, we're going to play, if we can get some Daft Punk to work here. Um, Actually, you know what? Let's switch it up. Let's go with Beach Boys, California Girls, because, you know, that's where surfing was at many years ago, but it's come so far since then. Just replace it with Tofino Girls. Well, East Coast girls are hip. I really dig those styles they wear. And the Southern girls with the way they talk, they knock me out when I'm down there. Beach Boys with California Girls, and here is the Daft Punk I promised too long. Feel it coming on, the feeling's getting strong. It's been much too long. I feel it coming on, the feeling's in my bones. It's been much too long. I feel it coming on, the feeling's getting strong. It's been much too long. I feel it coming on, the feeling's in my bones. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? 
was a Daft Punk song that I'd never heard before. It's called Too Long. Hope you enjoyed it. It was a pretty long song, 10 minutes, but you know what? Frequency Horizon, anything goes, as long as it fits into the vibe, as long as it gets us through the night. And what better way to move into this blackness, this darkness, and before the future surf sessions tomorrow than with a little bit of acoustic guitar. 
Checking out. Can you hear the guitar all right? That's Josh Hannigan of Yucca Surf Design. We've been chatting pretty in depth about epoxies, about shaping, about design, and about entrepreneurship. But now it's time to kick back with a little bit of music. Tell us what we're going to hear. Well, this is a uh, original that I wrote called Into the Fog. Is Into there the any, Fog. Can you get that guitar level up a little bit? Or is that coming through? Guitar. Okay? I think that sounds sick, man. Sound good? Okay. Well, I think we're I'll, golden. I'll just rip into it. Tell, so when did, wait, before you do, when, when did you write this? When did this, you, when did you come up with this? This song I wrote, uh, unload my pockets here. This song I wrote, oh, I don't know, probably about back in December, I think, actually. So it's, it's kind of a newer one. It's fairly new. Yeah, yeah it's a little, little like kind of like a bluesy funk kind of thing that I was feeling like writing for the kind of pub jamming sweet scene, you know. All right, so let's I can I can picture it already. Let's hear it. Get All her. right, all right. So here we go into the fog, ladies and gentlemen. Josh Hannigan. Let's try that again. There's <laughs> a pile at my door, don't want to live here no more, always seeking and searching, crawling around on the floor, enemies at my gate.
foggy it's foggy foggy stuff like what i was hearing i think what we'll do right now is i think we're going to play an artist who has an equally dreamy spacey vibe but more on the electronic tip in fact this is mz ii perhaps mz double i perhaps mizzy but i did actually purchase this track uh, this is how much i liked it is that I really wanted to own every part of this track because, you know what? It's a song called House of Eternal Madness. It comes out of Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur to be exact. Just released recently. MZII, House of Eternal Madness. On Tough City Radio. was MZII with House of Eternal Madness. From there, we're going to move back into Acoustic Jams with Josh Hannigan at the ready, at the controls, at this lovely six-stringed instrument. 
Uh, what do we got? So this going is just on? a little an instrumental ditty that I actually wrote today, just for this show. I call it. Uh, I call it. Deep horizons, deep blue horizons. <laughs> deep blue horizons. Exclusive frequency horizon material coming at you live from Tough City Radio Studios. There's no deep blue horizons anymore. They're all black, but it's the experience of the evening. We talked about that earlier. Enjoy.
I like it. It's uh, got me thinking about how much I need to find a place to live so I can keep living in this place. Yeah, man. You know, it's uh, a beautiful place with beautiful creativity that just pops out on the airwaves, such it, as tonight. You it know? is an inspiring place to write music, words, anything, paint, express yourself, hula hoop on the beach. Like, how did you come up with that one? I mean, did you literally just improvise that right now? Or, like, wh- what stage in your day were you at when you were like, what, this, is my, this is my idea for tonight? Yeah, well, I, was, I was practicing the other one to try and not screw it up, which I did anyway, but that's just life. But uh, while I was doing that, you know, there was parts of that, that song that had, you know, certain chord uh, shapes in it, and I was just playing with it, and I came up with that little ditty. Just, it was just kind of in between practice and around. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. It kind of reminds me of, like... Um, the house what the heck's the name of that are we after 10 yeah we're after 10 fuck yeah okay so it kind of <laughs> reminds me of um um not like great lake swimmers but i don't know it's kind of like one of those ambient canadian what's that ambient canadian band that i'm thinking of you know the one i'm thinking of i don't but um come on brother read my mind help help me out here because <laughs> boards of canada are yeah not, boards that's what they're it, not Connor canadian like boards, or they're not they're not canadian but could you please that's play fraudulent. that riff again can that's you just play that one more time like what you just played last oh hang on a second Totally boards of Canada? That sounds like... Can't Firehead phase album, for sure. As we, as he plays this, we're watching like a van drive by with its door open. Maybe it doesn't even have a door. I think we just witnessed a theft of auto. I think we just witnessed a truly Tofino moment. But you said you have another song for us, and I want to like get right into it. Because you want to go right into that, eh? No messing around, man. I'm on the. We're on the level. All right. I might even bust out that Boards of Canada record while you play this. All right. So but, uh, bear with me while I tune this. We're we're switching it up, one step at a time. As Bill O'Reilly once said, "Fuck it, we'll do it live." Became a meme. Jizoiko enters stage right, stage right, DJ Zoiko. All right. You never know what you're going to get on Frequency Horizon. We bring the world to you. We bring Tofino to the world. So this one is called uh, Insanity and Science. I think is what I call this one. Are you ready? Tofino, are you ready? Light Tofino. some fireworks off at the beach or something. Let us pew, know. Pew, 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 pew. Those right. are firework noises. Okay. We're going into it. Done. Done and done. G2G. Use lies. 
Josh Hannigan on the sixth string, rocking it out. Now I want to take a break from this very, very West Coast, very, very Tofino vibe. And we're going to take a trip to Poland, specifically Krakow, because I linked up through the internets, through the SoundCloud machine, with an individual by the name of Nasoshnik. That's right, Nasoshnik. Well, it sounds even more badass the way he says it. So I'm just going to play the segment here, and you can hear a little bit about this very, very upstart, but very, very promising musician's abilities. I hope you enjoy just how much of, shall we say, like a Bond villain. I don't know if that's too strong of a term, but uh, you know, just you can tell me whether you agree that he has kind of like a, a Bond villain type of persona. Although his music is, oh, I don't know. I would say just electronic, just interesting, just, you know. Well, let me play it for you, and uh, if, I can, if I can find it here, I'll, I'll play it. And, um, hey, I am Nasoshnik from Poland. 
and you are listening to the Frequency Horizon. Okay, so we're going to take a break from that for a second, and we're actually going to go into a, uh, pay a few bills, get the uh, our little co-op ad that I made going. Um, geez, nothing's nothing's working for me today, so let's, let's just go into some Arcade Fire. And then we'll uh, we'll come back. We'll do do a few other things. Get her on the roll. Thank you. 
I can tell you it's going to be very hard for any cars to go anywhere in Zafino anytime soon. But one place that they will be able to go quite soon, I'm bringing you the news here on the Frequency Horizon about Wick Road construction. Okay, so just so you know, they're thinking about moving the date forward as far as when the Wiccaninish Road is going to be open. Originally, it was supposed to be at the end of the month. But guess what? They've put the finishing touches, for the most part, on that road yesterday. Literally yesterday. That means that Florencia Beach, my personal favorite, and Wiccaninish Beach that I wrote a blog post about not too long ago. You can go to facebook.com slash frequencyhorizon or just go to frequencyhorizon.com to see the actual poem that I wrote while I was on Wiccaninish Beach just, uh, well, it seems like forever ago now, but like really forever ago. And I feel bad for people like Josh that are like live in Yuki have to drive 40 minutes just to go surfing. Yeah, it sucks. But uh, you know what? Like, I guess there, we shouldn't complain about everything, right? So, you know. Here's the interview with Nasoshnik that I was talking about. Here we go. You heard his voice earlier, but now you get to hear a little bit about... Oh, it's not going to work for me. So let's play another uh, Vancouver Island musician, and this one is someone who's in top form. It's ambient music, because we do like to go that direction from time to time on our show. It's Silent Season, Shaded Explorer. Speranza. And that one's not going to work either. Great. Yay. Exciting. You know what? That's, that's how life is sometimes. And that's just how it's going to be. So, okay. Here's Shaded Explorer Speranza. Promoted by Vancouver Island Silent Season. Tons Hope you enjoy it. Super weird between the years. And all over the map, end of the world. Say this once, but if you know absolutely anywhere to rent in this lovely city of ours, most DJs do like a like a fun drive, right? You hear that? I'm not doing a fun drive, but if you like what I, you know what you hear on the radio, one thing that can help is housing. So I got a post on Tofino Trading Post. Drew Penner, seek me out. Let me know. Hit me up. All right, I said it. It's done. It's over. Let's get back to this sick ambient music.
All right. Let's listen to Polish producer Nasoshnik as he tells us about the meaning behind his song, White Hats. Get ready for it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am Nasoshnik from Poland, and you are listening to Frequency Horizon. I want to tell you some about the title of my new song White Hats. Uh, in original title in Polish it uh, sounds Białe Chaty. It's meaning uh, uh, hats in the countryside with grandmothers and cows. You understand? Cats, grandmothers and hats in the countryside of Poland. What's not to understand, Nesoshnik? But uh, it's a wordplay with a word hats in percussion. I used a new hats for me in this song, so uh, it's a reason of this title, but uh, why these hats are white? white. Why these hats are white? Uh, it's easy. <laughs> so I am one of these people who, when we hear a voice or see a number, hear sounds, uh, we have an associate, strong associate with. Color. We have a strong associate with color. So my song is uh, white for me, you understand. So, I hope that you understood me with my uh, weak English. And regards for you.
song of the night here on the Frequency Horizon. We got Josh. The statements would not compromise and send me a clean version. I respect that. Grab the custodian ship. Working hard, I had to go and get rich. I'm posing in pigs with a bad Ethiopian bitch. For all the work I done tonight, I might just pull up a fifth. Man, all this money I got, I might just open a bank or go get a tank. A side of war, don't know what to say. I ain't feeling this shit. Pinning on the flow of the day. Killing this shit. Watch my ass show up for the way. Hey, wake up from your dreams. I wake up in the morning and thank God I could breathe. They tried to make me a slave, but God made me a king. Try not to make it a thing. I do this shit for my race. I never stray from the team. I remember we couldn't pay the electric bill and I power. From blackouts to black power to white powder. That crack flow, no matter loud. I'm putting on the show today. Y'all looking for the truth, I'll show the way. You ain't gotta put up no arrows. Taking back everything they took from them pharaohs. Trying to make it to the top, covering our earlobes. The elevator broken in the cell will it been closed. Plus the only wings we have was cooking that hair rose. The city will take you high. Look how it did hair roll. One eye on the money, other eye on the spell roll. I'm moving like a train down this yellow brick railroad. Been working all day long. Don't fuck with no bank loan. That money coming soon. I don't care if it take long. We'd rather wait for it than to pay it back eight fold. But shit if I say so. Watch out for them plain clothes. I'm having that day grow. So rock by the case low. I swear we go get thrown on the day they send days home. My hands stay high so my ears never hang low. Don't care about your statement, let's it add to my bankroll, bankroll, bankroll. And I be getting that guac. You show voting, but how much you make out selling them yachts. Time is running out, beware the clock. See a lot of great D in the game, some niggas still on the block. Young boy, I died for what I believed in and became a martyr. Came back in the game of spot, I play regardless. Making niggas go nuts, but no replacing Carver. Having dinner with white friends and they racist fathers. Making power moves at the office, so David Wallace. Thank God for every day he got us. Pay us proper, you ain't at that cool table. Oh, cop. Pool and sipping that blue label, niggas tripping like loose cables and end up shooting without renting a pool table. Pool sad with two poodles and two bitches doing Pilates, talking Illuminati, eating this Illuminati. This shit I do is godly. Follow me to the party, you ain't gotta put up no arrows. Taking back everything they took from them pharaohs, trying to make it to the top, covering our earlobes. The elevator broken and the stairwell has been closed. Plus the only wings we have is cooking that hell rose. The city will take you high. Look how it did. That was Josh with statements. Love that. You know, it's, I don't know how like big he is. I actually have no clue. But he's pretty, pretty intense track. It's a good one to end on. Thanks for sticking with us. You know, if you want to support the ClickWord Biosphere Trust, there's a lot of things you do. They have a garden initiative coming up this summer. So stop by where they're at in Tofino. Find out about that. And 
you want to find out more about this show, go to FrequencyHorizon.com, check out some of my recent blog posts about Wiccan and Ish, about whales, surfing with whales, whatever else, and uh, always Facebook.com slash Frequency Horizon. Thanks for tuning in. And now we've got the one and only DJ Zoiko in the house. Here she comes. Throughout my life I'd be so <laughs>